feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Someday from the village of the city. And each other and you know it's pity We need a lifeline before we drown A lifeline before we drown mm-hmm. Saying a prayer for a better tomorrow So much anger, sadness and sorrow and love is well worth the struggle It won't come easy But it's worth some good trouble Oh, someday from the village to the city I hope we'll find safer ground Hating each other and you know it's a pity The bullets keep flying and the gears keep turning The seas keep rising and the fires keep burning Oh, someday from the village to the city Each other and you know it's a pity Everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Nancy Reed and Lisa Smith, you know, the crazy mother-daughter travel team and publishers of Big Blend magazines. Of course, keep up with us at bigblendmagazines.com. And I'm super excited. You just heard Lifeline, uh, the debut single from Good Trouble. It is the soulfully, awesomely coolest album out there. It's one of my favorites this year. And we're at, we're getting towards the end of the year, and I get, like, super excited to find an album that you're just going to, you're just going to, you know, keep 
playing it over and over and over again. And if I could drive with vinyl, I would and play it. And then I'd have to get another one because we got a lot of, over a lot of bumps. But uh, it's out now. Good Trouble is out by Mooglu. It's a full-length album. He's based out of Philly. Uh, incredible singer-songwriters you could just hear. I mean, he's just got the soul, man. And uh, you may have seen him touring with, like, Daryl Hall and Oates. And um, also singer-songwriters like Amos Lee. But I encourage you to go to his website, mootloosounds.com. And that's M-U-T-L-U, mootloosounds.com. I don't think I've ever interviewed a Mootloo before. So welcome. How are you? <laughs> oh, great to be here. Thank you. I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, this album is so cool. It flows. It's got that soul. It's got, what I love about it is you get a lot of soul and it, like a lot of times we'll always go more R&B and I love that, right? But you've got like soul mm -hmm. going into some funk, into some, there's a little, there's just got like this underbeat of funk in there, you know, and mm -hmm. there's like a, it feels like you're doing some bass sides on your guitar and some of the songs, but, um, and then you get like a little reggae vibe in it. It's badass. <laughs> just, that's what I uh, oh, really what I want to say, but it's sort of, yeah. It's sort of a, it's a hodgepodge of a bunch of different, uh, different styles, but yeah, I think I'd say the R and B, um, element, that's always kind of the driving force, but then mm -hmm. I'll mix in a, mm -hmm. a little bit of a folk element, a reggae element. And we kind of wanted to have that, sort of um stylistic sonic diversity um kind of a nice cross-section of things on the album i think what i like too is that your music is for everyone i think anyone can play it any age um it's it's for everybody to listen to and it, it's positive it's real and it's also you know telling some story it feels like an album that uh resonates very much with what's going on in our world today yeah that was important to me um you know, I wanted to, I think more than some of my previous records, uh, I wanted to be like very deliberate, um, kind of with every song and with kind of the arc of it. You know, the first few tunes, uh, you know, Lifeline, Not Escapable, mm. 95, they're dealing more like political, social commentary. And then I kind of wanted the latter half of the record to deal with more personal things with Scarred, which kind of deals more with, oh. you know, just talking about the, and, um, and, uh, and then just some, you know, classic sort of R&B style love songs, you know, like Nothing This Whole Wide World or, Oh my girl, but there, I wanted to have that kind of arc from more the broad commentary to sort of um, in the latter half of it, make it more personal. Scarred is deep, man. And then at the same time, you got this beautiful guitar playing. I feel like, wait, I'm sitting at the ocean, and then I'm like, but I'm really feeling <laughs> this, man. It's like it's it's, it's a heavy ocean, it's a sad ocean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But it's it's I, I just it, that threw a surprise in there for me because I was like, you know, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, whoa, okay, slow it down a bit because that's yeah. <laughs> that's way it's like what life is, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's that ebb and flow, you know, um, and that was that was kind of a challenging song in a way because, you know, uh, it's not the easiest thing to write and release a song about depression, but it's something I've dealt with. It's something, you know, a lot of people deal with. And I thought it was important to me to have something that that dealt with that just even on the level of I mean, I'm proud of the tune, but mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> even the level of how, you know, putting a song like that out there now that I've been touring and playing shows and people getting feedback on it it's been really meaningful to people who've had that same struggle. You know, it's like a lot of depression is sort of feeling alone and isolated. And then you hear an artist maybe speaking on the same thing. It makes you feel not so alone. So I was hoping for that kind of, you know, connection to people or um, just for it to be sort of like a cathartic kind of thing. I think it's a very important thing to be 
bring light to. Um, depression um, flows through people in all different ways and all different experiences. Absolutely. And I know that I've, I went through a, um, a series of fires and wildfires, disasters, and oh. um, didn't feel like I, I was fine. You know, I was, I was kicking butt. I was doing all these fundraising programs for people, close people that lost everything. And it was a year and a half mm. of seven major evacuations. And two thirds oh, of wow. our town built, burned down. And it was, you know, I was fine, but I didn't really sleep because you, there was arsonists running around and all. Anyway, it was just crazy time. And, you know, in oh, life. That's crazy. and then I, I just wasn't sleeping. And then, you know, my personality wasn't like, I'm a happy person, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, I wasn't normal anymore. And, uh, and, and a friend of mine said, you, you've got a little PTSD slash, uh, which slash depression over this. And eventually yeah. I did like meditation and stuff like that. And, you know, went back into nature and calmed down. And I think mother nature, she, she solves everything for me. And I just That's remember that time, not, and not getting that that was what was going through me at that point. Yeah. It can hit you sometimes. It can blindside you. It can come out of almost nowhere usually there's like like kind of what you that that's such a difficult time you went through there like usually there's something that leads to it but sometimes um uh sometimes you, you don't quite know how to process it you know um and it, and then it brings about this sort of emptiness so like you said there's a lot of people deal with it there's different degrees of it but um you know i it's the first time i sort of delved into that subject matter wise in a song and uh you know it seems like it's really kind of resonated with people yeah, it's beautiful, right? It's deep, but there's this, this, that you have that balance. The guitar work, they like basically shares that there's light. You, you can still get up. Right, yeah. So that classic folk finger picking thing. There's something in the music that maybe is bubbling underneath that's like hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know if that's like, was even conscious, but you know, it's got that sort of classic folk finger picking thing. And it's a song that I really, um, we added some uh, production value to it. I should mention, you know, my co-producer on the album was mm. Gary Samuelia, Um and he worked on my last couple EPs with me too. Um, he also co-wrote a few of the songs with me. Um, uh, but um, yeah, we we wanted to make the production touches like subtle, but, you know, give it a little bit of a lift. But really the core of it is just the vocal and that guitar picking pattern. It actually almost had an, an echo of Simon and Garfunkel in a, in a just oh, a... Yeah. Okay, so it's not just me then. Okay, because I was going. No, it, no, I love Simon and Garfunkel. I love Paul Simon. Uh, so thank you. For, that's a big compliment. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of their, especially some of the Simon and Garfunkel thing, you know, some of those their early records that were um, the Sound of Silence and those kind of tunes had that kind of a chimey guitar picking kind of thing. There was a somberness to it. So, you know, maybe without even consciously knowing, I was trying to channel that kind of sound. I, I thought a little bit the Beatles too because they had tunes. Um, you know, both McCartney and Lennon had some songs like that, but uh, there's something like classic about it. Um, mm. But I guess maybe the subject matter is what um, some of the, the lyrical imagery is what makes it a little darker. Yeah, it, there's the darker, but then I think the guitar says, hey, you can open the curtains tomorrow morning. Right, exactly. <laughs> open, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I know we're going to play uh, Not Escapable, but I think we, we should play Scarred for everybody, don't you think? So people can hear this? Since yeah, maybe so. Maybe this will, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you, know, uh, um, you know, we have a good setup for it here, so maybe that's the one to go with. I know. We can do anything we want. We're all adults here, everybody, you know, and, and the sun <laughs> does shine. 
<laughs> so yes. here it, it does. Here it is, everybody scarred again off of the album Good Trouble. I want to talk about Good Trouble. I love I because that's that man, we're so there right now. I love that title. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. Here it is, scarred. Try to pretend like I still care But I just feel sadness everywhere Nothing but empty conversation I'd rather be left alone Cause I know I've gone too far Never thought I'd be so scarred I know my best days are
so what you know i have to bring this up good trouble because i love the the name of that and and i feel like that's when you know when you it, it's the epitome of what you did with lifeline right and and the whole album is like i'm gonna you know put it out there but i'm i'm only gonna do yeah. some go out there if it's positive right right that was sort of the uh you know just being in this climate being outspoken and just seeing the um you know, when you when you take that stance of being politically outspoken, you inevitably get some pushback from people. And, um, you know, sometimes I've had pushback from people in a way that they get, you know, pretty upset. Um, and I just I feel like being on social media and having that political discourse, um, it's the it's sort of where we all are, but it's not always the most productive for a dialogue. And it, it feels, starts to feel kind of hopeless. So that Lifeline song was about like, is there some way to transcend this sort of divisive environment we're in. Um, you know, I'm someone who's, I'm a progressive, I'm a liberal. And, um, you know, I realize there's people on the other end of the spectrum, who, including some people who might appreciate my music who don't agree with what I have to say, but maybe there's, um, maybe music is a way to sort of uh, transcend that. I guess that's sort of what that song was about, mm. um, was to say like, maybe there is some way, there is some opportunity, some platform somehow to get past this feeling of division and hopelessness and, and make a connection. And I would say specifically, um, specifically the one line um, in the song, in the first verse that inspired the title, truth and love is well worth the struggle, won't come easy, but it's worth some good trouble. That line was particularly inspired by Congressman John Lewis, mm. um, you know, who's a civil rights hero mm -hmm. and has been the congressman for GA5 for many, many years. And uh, he provides some good perspective that, you know, in this day and age where we're so consumed with this 24-7, day-in, day-out media, we, we, we sort of don't always see the long view or the broad perspective. And his perspective is always, you know, um, try to see the big picture, you know, realize that the fight for equality, the fight for justice is a lifelong pursuit. And he personifies that. And he always uses that term, good trouble. You know, you got to be willing to get into good trouble. Sometimes he, it's worth pushing some... Um, you know, it's, it's worth dealing with some pushback or some confrontation when you speak out on things that matter to you and that are important to you. And it's important to be able to do that. So um, th there was a number of different influences there, but that particular line and then um, the title of the album uh, came from John Lewis. And I've heard that that term used in other contexts, but to me, I always think of him when I think of that. And it's been meaningful to me in my in my life and sort of my trajectory. And um, it just seemed like the right way to sort of encapsulate what the album was about overall, especially you know, that those first set of songs. You know, it's interesting because either side could take that, right? And and use it. Right. They, that, that's what I found, you know, I was listening right. to, I was like, that's interesting. But, you know, there's that saying too, um, when you see a good fight, get in it, you know? And if, right, right. Yeah, you know, right. just being silent, we can't anymore about anything, you know? it's. Um, but I, I believe that music is a place where people can, reunite and you know you could be dancing on a dance floor and not know you know well maybe you can right. i don't know are you dancing like a republican are you dancing like a liberal <laughs> is, is, is there a progressive shuffle you know but well, yeah <laughs> you know i don't i mean we travel full time and i the travel part to me is interesting because we go into you know all kinds of little towns cities um and it just is to me there's a way of just connecting with people and then finding that mm -hmm. unit unit there's like a unifying bond of 
of decency. And I mean, if you, if we right. all, and I think what happens on social media, we're meeting over topics and heated already. But when you're meeting right. people, there's this other thing that happens that kind of prevents that. So you do a ton of travel uh, touring, and yeah. I mean, just came back from Amsterdam. I don't hear about that, but do you find it better to connect with audiences in person than doing the? Yeah. I mean, social media is important, but you know what I mean. Sure, absolutely. I think there's nothing better than that's why performing live is my favorite part of it because there's nothing better than being in the room with people. And even though I'm outspoken online or off stage. I purposely, I don't get into anything didactic or I don't get up there and preach about politics on stage. I'm very, I don't do that because I'm looking for that moment, that whatever, hour and a half, two hours at the show. I'm looking for that as a moment um, to unify. Now, if I'm talking about the songs like Not Escape or Life, like, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the what the inspiration or what the essence of those songs is and talking about it. But I'm not trying to use that time to... Um, to get into yeah. anything that gets really heavily political. I have a, I have a different platform for that online. Mm -hmm. so although it's important for me to speak out, I want the shows to be something unifying. And what something interesting happened because what, you know, over the last few years, there are political things I've written that um, angered some of my fans that were, you know, on the right. Um, but I've, and, and some of those people may have just checked out on me, but there are also a certain condition of people who don't agree with me, but still appreciate what I do musically. And it's interesting to see that um, once the record came out, that there were some of these people who disagreed with me politically, but who really loved the album. And now think about this, this, this <laughs> despite the fact that, you know, on Not Escapable, I'm calling, you know, Trump an angry, angry orange baby, you know, <laughs> I put that little, that little line in there, you know, we slid it in there. But I mean, sometimes when you put it in a musical platform, you know, and that song, that's the one sort of throwaway line there. But that song is about something deeper that affects all of us about just this feeling of exhaustion and mm -hmm. anger that we that we all are feeling you know um but it's interesting that people who if i put it you know in a facebook or an instagram twitter post whatever they react a certain way when i touch on some of those subjects in, in a more musical fashion it's almost like it's more digestible to them or mm -hmm. they can appreciate it more from a certain standpoint um so that was an interesting thing to see that um you know, to, to put it into the music and see how people interpret that message differently. Just like with what you said, you know, there's one thing to go back and forth on Twitter or Facebook with people. I think that creates like a different kind of animosity. When you're in the room with someone and you have that same kind of conversation, it changes the whole dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I think we probably need more of that. Um, and I think, you know, in a political context, but in a musical context, I think the show is an opportunity for everyone to connect everyone to feel unified in some way. That's what I hope to, to create. I don't want it to be a place where people feel alienated. You know, I want it to be a moment where people can, uh, can unify. And, and there are things within the lyrics that maybe someone might not agree with, but I'm not going to sit up there and preach at them in that context, you know? No, music, music is healing. You know, it, it is unifying, yeah. it's healing. And, and, the, and the, as an artist, you have to do your art. I mean, to me, you, there's nothing it, it's you can't make fake art i mean there may be fake news but you gotta be real it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be honest otherwise no one's gonna go to your shows you know it's like and you're allowed to be who you are you know there was just that thing that went around today um with ellen sitting at a football mm -hmm. game with george bush right, and people george. getting mad at her and she's like <laughs> you know, we can have difference of opinion and, and still go to a game together and still be friends. 
right. and besides he's a good yeah. painter he's better at being a painter than anyway just saying <laughs> no i know and it's like that's the sort of i mean you know helen i mean helen ellen has done so much um you know for the lgbtq community and she's someone who has a huge platform she's empowered so many careers i mean uh, you know, I understand why the optics of that weren't good, maybe for some people. But is does that does that one moment suddenly cancel out all the good she's done? And I don't know however many years she's been in the public eye. I don't think so. But that's kind of what happened because I saw that like backlash on her on Twitter today, and it's like, man, it's like again, it, it's like I the social media thing is tricky because it's where we all are. But I think it creates this sort of herd mentality that this sort of angry herd mentality sometimes mm. that um, that kind of gets out of control, you know, uh, and it's hard to and people start to see things in absolutes because I know I've been guilty of it, you know, because I'm staunch liberal. Like I, I know sometimes without realizing it, we all go on there to validate our worldview, you know, and and um, and there is sort of these uh, there are sort of these echo chambers. And if you see enough tweets and you're bombarded with that, it starts to really drive it mm -hmm. home, and, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing because those sites are playing off of clickbait. You know, they, they thrive off of negative, uh, the algorithms thrive off of negative feedback and unfortunately negativity and animosity and division, um, serves their business model better. I mean, it's essential. You gotta be on Facebook, Instagram, so you gotta be there. But, uh, you know, something thoughtful and unifying substantive doesn't tend to resonate on those platforms the way things that are confrontational do. So mm. uh, I've been lately just thinking about how, how can I navigate all this? I got to be there. There's a lot of good that comes out of these sites, but you got to sort of balance it and not allow your thinking to be so beholden to it. Because I know I have been for a long time and I think we're all starting to realize, that, okay, there's more to our cultural dialogue than just social media. It's important, but um in some ways it's shaping things in a really sort of divisive way that you know hopefully we can transcend that at some point or maybe the sites can evolve and transcend that i, I don't know they're what the changing. answer to that is they're changing people are creating their own communities we are we're creating our own big blame yeah. community so it's like a positive outlet where people exactly. can talk about music they can talk about art obviously politics is an important thing we can't not look at it we can't not talk right. about it but we can't not talk to the other side of the aisle that doesn't help anything. You can't, everyone has to unify to make decisions. And it, it, I'm not any of it. You know, when it comes to politics, I actually believe things per issue. I'm completely independent. I think parties are just, yeah. you know, I like a good party. Do not get me wrong. Right. But I don't like <laughs> this kind of like only do what the party says. I'm like, you know, I would have been the top of my no, class yeah. if maybe I did that, but I, you know, I, I don't do that because then I don't know that to me is it's all, it's, it's sheepish, you know, then now we're all going to wear the same uniform and I had to wear a uniform to go to school and I'm not, I'm never doing that again. You know, i if I want to yeah. wear cut off jeans, I want to, and, and I'll still study, you know, I don't need, I don't know. I don't like to be boxed in. Maybe that's why we're entrepreneurs on this side. You know, we're, you know, you don't want to be, right put into this is how you're going to dress this is how you're going to think and you will do exactly what the party wants and don't you dare think right. outside the box and no right right and that's dangerous thinking because that's i think for creative independent thinkers that's not you know i think people who who have a creative instinct who have an independent minded instinct they're not gonna 
that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel like how it should be. I mean, um, you know, I will not conform. <laughs> right. There's no absolutes. You know, there's always a, there's, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot of gray area in life. I think, I think it's easier for people to see things in a concise sort of black and white, um, cut and dry kind of thing. And life is rarely that there's mm -hmm. rarely, a, there's always, it's always more complicated. It's always more involved. There's always more multifaceted, but I oh. think in a way, you know, we, we are sort of so divided, um, that it's hard not to see things in absolutes. You almost have to kind of like what you're talking about. You have to kind of break out of that a little bit to try to see it more long-term big picture. Yeah. You know, what's really like, cause we become so entrenched. I know I become entrenched on Twitter and I go down all these rabbit holes and I walk away half hour later, later feeling upset, you know, spending time on Twitter. And I'm like, what is this? What's happening here? You're going like, to have to write another <laughs> scarred just now. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is yeah. <laughs> Talk about depression. I often wonder about that. Are we, are we outside getting enough sunlight? Are we, are we on social media too much to the point where, you know, I had a friend who went to environmental school and, um, you know, it was in his twenties and coolest guy taught me all kinds of music. And, um, he went and studied the whole political process, the ground up, everything, and, and every little thing of what every politician did to our environment, how they shaped in like industrialization and how everything. And he he really um, just thought it, that we're done now. I mean, there's that's it. Yeah. How do we ever? And and after that, he just was like, "There's no point anymore because this is where it's going to go." And it, he ended up being 100% right. right. And, you know, I, it, I mean, he's got a family and kids. And I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> if you thought all that, you know what <laughs> I mean? So you had to have hope somewhere. But for a good couple years, yeah. he was, um, it was just a, it was a, actually a very, very sad time because he just saw too much. And I think that it can really affect you as, as a human being. But thank God for music, man. I swear to God, I think that's the one yeah. thing. Get up, play some music. Yeah. You'll feel good. Go on a road trip. Now, Amsterdam. How was that? <laughs> uh, that was great. Um, I, I had actually uh, in in May I'd opened um, three nights there for uh, for my friend Amos Lee. You know, actually we did three nights in London, three nights in Amsterdam. Um, but in Amsterdam we played a place called the Paradiso, and um, it was just the shows were awesome. And then they have a smaller upstairs venue there. So um, after doing those, having those three nights, it was it just made perfect sense to go back and do my own show, and it was great. I mean, um, the venue is awesome, and just being in that town, I love it there. Every time I go there, I just, um, you know, I just feel there's just a good energy to it. I don't know, I, just the canals, the layout of the city, just the just great restaurants and everything. I, I just, um, it's probably what it's. I would have to say maybe at this point, it's one of my favorites, not my favorite places to go uh, to go play. So uh, it was great. We we're just there for a few days, but. Um, getting to do the show and uh and even there like um you know i have some really diehard fans there now and like there were there was a group of people who traveled from germany to come to that show and i'm like that that's like meaningful to me that happens a lot with a lot of my gigs like where people will travel i mean they'll yeah. come from like you know um and that's just like man like that's that's so special to me that you they, these people took the time because maybe i'm not making it through their town so they find a show they can come to mm. i'm just so grateful for that support you know to to be able to travel around to all these different places where, they, where they're here in the States or abroad. Um, that's again, when all the trials and tribulations, the music business, when people come and support what you're doing and, 
and that and they make that effort to connect with you um that there's really nothing more rewarding than that i agree i agree i think it's you know and 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 really the thing is live music and and being able to go and experience live music i think we need it now more than ever like i was saying earlier music is so important but to go and see a live show is awesome uh are you are you taking a break for a little bit i I was seeing that you got some shows coming up at the end of the year are you because i know you've been all over with the tour with the album um what's happening yeah well now um basically at this point um sort of uh um, we kind of did the big album tour push, you know, toward good amount of the spring, summer, early part of the fall. So now things will wind down a little bit. Um, you know, we'll start working on some new material. Um, we'll still have a few gigs regionally here and there. And then, you know, eventually build back up to, uh, you know, booking more dates for sort of late winter into spring, summer of next year. kind of just goes in cycles, you know. Awesome. Um, but a little bit of downtime now after sort of the big good trouble push. Um, definitely covered a lot of a lot of ground this last six months or so. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, a little downtime, try to recharge a bit, um, and then uh, you know, just start the whole cycle up again, get back out on the road next year. Sweet. I hope we bump into you on the road somewhere. I'm gonna watch your tour dates because I we want to come see you right perform. And uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. that's that'd be awesome. Uh, we're gonna play nothing to in this whole wide world. So that's the latest uh, single out now. Um, but really, go get the whole album. See, this is you, this is definitely one of those. Uh, you don't you, go do your one thing. You know, people buy one track. Uh, just go get the right. whole album. It is so good. Uh, MutluSounds.com is the website. It is M-U-T-U. Uh, excuse me, M-U-T-L-U. MutluSounds.com, and you can find them on. You can find them on Twitter. <laughs> go get them on Twitter. <laughs> go get them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but the album is Good Trouble. I got to give a shout out to today's uh, sponsor, which is the National Parks Arts Foundation. This is uh, one of our favorite organizations on the planet. Uh, What they do is they create these awesome artist and residence opportunities for musicians, singers, songwriters. There's one in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park for a month. Just saying, Mutlu. Um, Very cool. Yeah, they go to, well, yeah, you get to stay in a house with six bedrooms and a recording studio and a dance floor overlooking the ocean while you write for a month. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I know. So they have these awesome uh, opportunities for writers, musicians, filmmakers, poets uh, all across the country in different national park units and uh, like Gettysburg. I think that's the closest one near you. Um, I don't know. Yeah, around hmm. about there. Uh, they've got dry tortugas. Yeah, your own uh, ocean island in the Florida Keys. I'm just saying, in Chaco Canyon and and New Mexico. Uh, So everyone, nationalparksartsfoundation.org is the website for that. And uh, we interview their artists every first Friday. You can hear our latest segment. And uh, so check that out. And uh, to keep up with us here on Big Blend Radio, we air new episodes uh, Sunday through Friday. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. You never know where we're going to be as we travel the country on our Love Your Parks tour. So Anyway, here it is. Nothing in this whole wide world. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Oh, my friends tell me that's just no good. I know better and it's understood that there ain't no doubt about it. Ain't no doubt about it. I know you're the only one for me. When it feels so right, it was meant to be. 